0: What is up everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. This one is going to be a blast. We got making a statement. Will a starting pitcher ever get to 300 wins again in history? We'll talk about that. We got BVPs coming up. We got a new agreement between the MLB players and uh, a marketing agreement that I think will be huge for the game of baseball. And I think the most important question today is... Are you a fan of the wave at baseball games, or not? Let's get to it. Pull out, in 10-3. The
1: bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out a real finish.
0: He swings, and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up my friends? Happy Thursday. Welcome in everybody. I'm joined as always by Alex Curry and Alex, you and I just went to a Dodgers game just recently, our first of the year.
1: We did. It was actually because I grew up at Dodger Stadium. My family had season tickets. This was the first time I've been to a Dodger game that I wasn't working because obviously I worked a lot of the freeway series since I took my dad to game seven. When they lost to the Astros in the world,
0: 17, in the
1: world series. Oh, man. And it was so much fun. It was great. But I got to say, I learned, I learned some new things here. <laughs> I pissed a lot yeah. of people off. The first thing is Angel fans <laughs> were not happy that I was at Dodger stadium. It's like, do you get mad at the players when they go back to their hometown team and
0: they kind of do. Cheer? Yeah, people do.
1: Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, well, then the second <laughs> thing people are really mad about is apparently ketchup versus mustard on hot dogs. I just happened to post a photo yeah, of the that. gluten-free hot dog had ketchup on it, and then, man, the hate was rolling in.
0: Yeah, apparently people uh, mustard is, like, the the what? staple, I think. I don't know. What? I'm a big—I don't know if this pisses people yeah. off. I'm a big both. Ketchup. That's what and I did. Mustard.
1: You saw, so you I didn't had, have mustard. I did. You're I had the packet the and people. I individually put it on each bite. So I had ketchup what? on the whole thing, That's and then crazy. I just bite for bite on. Uh, I, mean, I like Dijon mustard. That was just regular mustard, so I didn't like <laughs> smother it in there. If I'm gonna, if everyone's gonna be picky, I'm gonna be picky here too. But the biggest thing that I learned. Oh yeah.
0: I know about where you're going, going here.
1: To the Dodger game was people do not like the wave.
0: So here, yeah. So the wave starts going around the stadium, and I look at Alex and I'm like, you could tell I was like down in the dumps. Going not down in the dumps. I was just like, mm mm. You're like, what? And I was like, the wave. It's got to go. No. And you're like, what? Yeah. I love the wave. I'm going to ask the people what they feel about the wave. And I think the response was not what you were expecting.
1: No. <laughs> the response was not even <laughs> close to what I was expecting. So. First, I took a poll, okay on Instagram. How'd the poll end up? Well, five thousand people voted. okay. and forty eight percent said they liked the wave. fifty two percent said, "Hell no, get it out of here." Mm. So that was that was a little closer than I expected. yeah, but on Twitter, people went off. They were angry. They were furious. Okay, so this is the poll. I, I, I took a screenshot after the 24 hours that we posted it at the Dodger game. 52% so say 52% no way.
0: Percent said no
1: 52% said no I way. will
0: say this. I don't know the percentage, but the percentage of comments that were saying hell no had to be around 95%. Oh, way
1: more. So, like, <laughs> Instagram people were like, yeah, it was a little closer to, like, 48-52. Yeah. But Twitter was like...
0: Yeah, Alex, get, get rid of the wave. Get
1: out of here. What are you doing? Like, people were getting mad at me.
0: Yeah, people hate the wave. Ban the wave.
1: Why? It is f- Fun and it's interactive. You're like what you, involved what you, in the game. You're getting. No, up, you're not you're involved in the game.
0: There's a game on the field that you can watch.
1: Yeah, and you're still watching. You just happen to stand up and put your arms up. Okay, What's what
0: wrong about with that? what about the the eighty year old woman or man behind me that can't stand Hands up and up. misses a big pitch? Hands up. No, I'm not talking about participating in the wave. I'm talking about being getting able blocked? to see the baseball game.
1: Okay. <laughs> There's
0: a baseball game happening.
1: We're gonna read some of the the tweets that we got. People that do the wave are not there to watch the game. Thank they are you. there to socialize and talk with friends and can't wait for the wave. Not always, but it's also fun. Baseball's pro... Okay.
0: No, no, say I, it. I'll read this one. I don't okay. even know what it's going to say. It just starts with a thumbs down, so yeah. I know I'm going to like it. I'm actually there to watch the game, and they always do it when something's happening during the game and I can't see it. Disrespectful to those who are trying to actually watch the game.
1: How is it any different than people getting up, passing you to go get food? Like people are blocking you all the time. Hold on, here's a positive one. Uh I will make the entire section stand with me to participate.
0: Yeah, shout out our That's producer who had to sift through thousands of tweets to find the one positive no, one. No. Good, good on me. No,
1: him. there were more. <laughs> uh big fan of the wave here. That Thank one's you, planted. David. Fake. What? No. <laughs> As we saw from the poll, it's closer than we thought, but I didn't realize how much hate I was going to get for the wave. Closer
0: than who? I thought it I didn't know it'd be as strong as
1: I didn't either. I,
0: I mean, the comments are brutal. 95% of people that was brutal. hate it. The Instagram poll. Did you
1: know this was such a hot topic?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and I don't like the wave. Get I rid of it. I, I love the wave. I'm there to watch the game and you exactly. know, you know when it's okay to stand Whee! up? No, not do it with me, not for Please. your own amusement. No, <laughs> stop. It's not for your own amusement. It's uh, to you're there for the game, and when there's two strikes in the ninth, th- or at any point, it's okay to stand and get into the game. Yeah. But you're like standing because you're bored of what's happening on the field. Could or... be in
1: between innings.
0: Okay, then.
1: Then that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Do you approve if it's in between innings?
0: I won't do it, but sure, stand up to your heart's desire in between innings. the way it's yeah
1: all right well let's move on from that because uh ben you made a little prediction you called it your bvg ben verlander guarantee about shohei otani this week and it came true
0: i just pulled that out of nowhere yeah tuesday share it with the people uh declared a bvg which i don't think i've even said that on this show alex even had to ask what's a bvg um and i clarified that a bvg is a ben verlander guarantee and I guaranteed that Shohei would hit multiple home runs yeah. between Tuesday and Tuesday when we were recording again yeah. for this week in Otani News. Alex, in his next six at-bats, he yeah. hit three home runs. Three homers in his first six at-bats after I declared a BVG that he would hit multiple homers on the week. How's that for a BVG? Impressive. Yeah.
1: I think we have a new segment in the show. because. Explain where this originated. It was you and your friends playing video games. Yeah. And you used to, like, just say it in the video Oh, yeah,
0: all the time. Like, I I play a lot of MLB The Show. So, you know, it'd be, after I finished playing baseball, I moved back to Virginia for, like, a year in there. And I moved in with some of my friends and back home. And we would all just, like, you know, screw around, play a lot of video games. And, you know, I'd come up to the plate one at bat and be like, BVG, hitting a homer here. And it just, like, caught on. And then... You know say it the other day and that guy reaches out and he's uh-huh. like you just declaring bvgs on the show now yep and yeah apparently they're super powerful so i need um yeah when it but it i can't just you know you say make it a segment it's gotta it's gotta come to me okay you know like, yeah
1: so it might not be like a weekly segment yeah but it will the bvg will make it it'll, it'll be
0: back trust it me. it
1: will be back you know what else <laughs> is back yeah making a statement okay you ready for this i'm gonna give you some strong statements and Kay. you tell me whether you agree Or disagree with them okay so let's get started with our first one we will never see another pitcher reach 300 wins
0: (sighs) this one's tricky my gut reaction um i i there's one chance okay there's one chance for there to be a pitcher that reaches 300 wins again in history and that one chance just so happens to be my brother. Yeah. Justin, I wholeheartedly believe, is the last chance. It is a it is a dying breed having pitchers go deep into games um, and, and get a lot of wins and get a lot of decisions. And Justin, I truly believe, is the only one with a le- legitimate chance. So I did a bit of a Deep dive on this yeah. to really put some numbers to it here So there's 24 pitchers in history that are a member of the 300 win club Justin could be the 25th However, just four of those pitchers four of the 24 were active at some point in the 2000s That's
1: so the last 23 years The
0: last 23 only years four. only four. Yes in 2002 there were six 20-game winners in Major League Baseball. Since 2018, only six combined. So this is really becoming a dying breed, even pitchers getting decisions. We haven't had a 30-game winner since Denny McClain, and after routinely having 10-plus pitchers reach 30 decisions in each season, we have had just 10 pitchers reach 30 decisions. That means wins or losses since 2005, and not a single one since 2010 so not taking wins out of it wins or losses pitchers getting decisions is becoming more and more of a dying breed so Justin is sitting at 246 wins as we sit here today on Thursday meaning 54 away now based on the average number of wins per season he's gotten in his career if you do that math, mm-hmm. he's just under four seasons away from getting it done. Yeah. Certainly possible. Justin has said he wants to pitch until he's 45. Okay. Which is crazy, but he's getting better with age. He's coming off arguably one of the best seasons for a pitcher ever last year. So. And that's going off an average. He could be on a good team and bump that up, whatever. Let's say three and a half, four years. That's a possibility for sure. Zach Granke is at 224. He's 39 years old. He would need almost seven seasons to get that done. That doesn't feel realistic. Uh, Max Scherzer is at 205 wins, 95 away at 38 years old. That's a no. Kershaw is at 203 at 35 years old. So, Kershaw, I did the math here because that doesn't seem crazy. He would need to pitch a lot, though. He would need to pitch at the same level he has all career for over seven more seasons. Okay. Which –
1: With injuries.
0: With injuries. That's tough. Exactly.
1: He's injury prone.
0: Adam Wainwright's at 197, and other than that, there is no active pitcher over 150. So, realistically, I would say it's a long shot for Justin to get there, but there is an outside chance – and I am never ever going to bet against my brother. So I am going to say yeah. there will be there will be one more that's going to get there.
1: I mean, if you're saying he wants to play to, what he's 44, 45, and yeah. he's 40 right now, and he averages about 14 and a half wins per season, so yeah. it's just under four years. It's obtainable, but again, it's another year older. It's yeah. another year on your arm. Are you are you going to be healthy these next four or five years if he can keep going? Yeah. I mean. Yes, if anyone can do it, it's your brother, especially coming off a Cy Young season at 39 years old and a World Series champion.
0: It's a it's a long shot for him. I I do believe he's the last one with a chance and the last one that will ever have a chance because the game has just gone in a different direction. But. Uh, I'm going to say that Justin can get it done and hopefully pitch for four or five more solid years and be the last one in the 25th ever to get to that 300 win mark. But Alex, I, as you know, Saturday was Smoltz. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every Saturday, Hall of Famer John Smoltz joins the show. And this week, uh, we're going to play a little clip from it because I talked to him and we talked about the 300 win mark for a pitcher, and this is what he had to say. Chance for that. He he will get very close, if not get, the 300 wins based on the way that I know he goes about his business <laughs> but I just think the era of wins and, and, and saves and all these things is going to be adjusted in time because of the way guys are used the injury rate and just the philosophy of baseball gonna be tough yeah gonna be tough to get there but I'm gonna the answer to your question I'm yeah. gonna say we get one more
1: yeah and pretty cool that if we do it, your brother
0: true exactly yeah.
1: okay Let's move on to our next statement. Okay. The run lane rule needs to change.
0: Um. Yes. This desperately needs to change. So this comes about from the Tigers-Rangers game earlier this week where Bubba Thompson laid down a bunt. Pitcher goes over to field it. And when Bubba Thompson is coming down on the first base bag, basically gets drilled in the back from uh, Matthew Boyd pitching and is called out because of this rule, the the run lane rule. And we've seen this over the last few years become a a bigger and bigger conversation because it's – I don't believe they made the wrong call by the rules there. But if you watch in slow motion, Bubba Thompson is running on the chalk, on the baseline. And if at one point there might be like a foot that barely touches to the left of it, but by and large, Bubba Thompson is – Bunts the ball and runs in a straight line to first base and does exactly what you're always told to do. The rule states, and many of you might not know this, there is another line on the first baseline that starts at the 45-foot mark. Mm -hmm. Halfway to first base, there is a line that juts out three feet, and there's two lines the rest of the way. It's for this rule. Technically, once you get to that 45-foot rule, you need to be running in that and if a ball hits you, it's fine. But if you're running on the outside or inside of the of the box, you're going to be called out if you get hit in the box, which leads pitchers to just be told if a guy's running straight down the line, just hit him, Yeah. hit him in the back. So the problem I have with this rule that I do believe needs to be changed. And here's why. Alex, let me ask you this. Yeah, this box that runners need to run in. Yeah. Do you know where it is? 45 foot mark. It starts there. And it's in foul territory, correct? Yeah. You know where the first base bag sits? Where? In fair territory. So you're telling me you need to run in foul territory, and then the bag is going to be over here when you take that last step. Is
1: it to, to loop? Or like...
0: I'm is try- it... No, it's, no.
1: Like, is it is it to give you a chance to, like,
0: no, make a wide
1: run. turn no. and go to it's second? it's specifically
0: for this rule. So you're supposed to be running in the box in foul territory, but the base is just in fair territory. It's on the line and in fair territory. So you're telling me I need to run this way and then at the last second touch the base this way? No, that's why this rule is ridiculous. And I, I, what is the answer? Yeah. I don't know. I know what softball does, where they have the base that extends out into foul territory. I, I don't know the answer. I do My point about this is I don't believe the rule was called incorrectly on this play. Yeah. I get it, but I think the rule needs to change.
1: Okay. We've had a couple of those this week, or the last two weeks we've yes, talked we about, have. of like rules that need to change. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to our next statement. Aaron Judge will lead in all-star voting.
0: <sighs> this is tough. Yeah. Hmm. So, first off, uh, MLB All-Star Game voting is open. And officially you can now, begun. You can now place your vote for the All-Star Game, which is quite early. Yep. But still. Is it normally get... this early? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Get your votes in. Yeah. And then change it on, change it up later if you need <laughs> to. But uh, the All-Star Game is in Seattle this year. Um. And the voting has opened opened up on Wednesday, Phase 1 of the voting. So, yeah. if you remember, now they do Phase 1 and Phase 2, where the finalists advance to another phase, and then you get in. But the leading vote-getter automatically gets put in as a starter for the All-Star game. Now, in 2022, Aaron Judge was MLB's leading vote-getter in Phase 1. Ronald Acuna won in the National League in Phase 1. I am going to say... I am, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it's Shohei. I think, so here's why, here's why it was Judge last year. One, because he's Aaron Judge. Two, you don't vote on starting pitchers, right? You vote for the designated hitter position and Shohei offensively last year wasn't like putting up these crazy offensive numbers that would lead everybody to vote for him because he's a superstar at the DH position. In fact, Jordan Alvarez was listed as a DH and was getting a ton of the votes, Um I'm going to say it's Shohei this year because of how good he's been. I think he's taken his game to another level somehow. And uh, I always believe the Japanese vote will come in strong for him. The support is always huge for him. I'm going to say the leading vote getter this year will be Shohei.
1: I think another thing that will also help is Shohei's really – I don't want to say he dove into it. He Maybe he has someone helping him. But he's more active on social media. Now he has his Instagram account, which gained – what was it like a million something followers oh, during the yeah, WBC? Like he's the most followed, I think, MLB player in the league. Yeah. So if he were to put out a link or go vote, that's where I think he would absolutely blow up, especially with all the Japanese oh, votes. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he. I don't think he would do that though. I don't think he's going to put out like on his, He puts he puts up Instagram stories every time the Angels win. Now, yeah. but I don't think he's going to put something that says vote for. Himself, What I do think he'll do vote is vote for angels. the angel vote yeah. for my teammates, something yeah. like that. And naturally but he'll be he'll involved. Be in so yeah, exactly. I, I, that'll See? Help him. Yep.
1: If he does something like that. All right. Moving on to our next statement. Kodai Senga's ghost fork ball that you have on your shirt is the filthiest pitch of the 2023 season.
0: I am rocking the shirt. Yes, you are. Here it is. Ghost fork ball, the Kodai Sanga shirt. Um, Ugh, is it the nastiest pitch in baseball? So he's got 70 strikeouts this season. This season, Yeah,
1: this season. Nastiest pitch in baseball this season.
0: I mean, it's – I don't even know how you – it's one of them. I mean, I put it up there with, like, Kevin Gosman's splitter, uh, Yoan Duran's, like, splitter slash sinker. They're calling it a splinker now. <laughs> it's like 102 miles an hour yeah. that moves all over the place. Um, and this pitch is certainly – it's certainly in that category. It's been unbelievable this year. He's thrown 211 fork balls, uh, 22% of the time. It's like 94 miles an hour. It moves all over the place. A 107 batting average against. Oof. People are only slugging 125 against it. 75 mile an hour exit velocity. This is becoming... This is becoming... This is becoming the best pitch in the game of baseball. Okay. I don't know if I can right now say it's like better than Goss and splitter. I will say that Kodai Senga's ghost fork ball is becoming the best pitch in baseball. In
1: 56 at bats against his fork ball, only six hits have he's allowed has been allowed.
0: That's pretty good. That's that's really that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's been he's been dominant this year. Uh, 70 strikeouts in his first 10 career games, third most by a Japanese-born pitcher in MLB history. Yeah. Uh, most strikeouts in first 10 career appearances in Mets history. He's now on that list, behind only Dwight Gooden in 84 and Nolan Ryan. Elite territory there. Yeah. We have to remember Kodai Senga is coming over from Japan in the MPB, where the baseball is different. Uh, hitters amount. are different. Everything is different for him to make this transition and show the dominance that he has at times. Certainly there's been times where he's uh, lost command a little bit, had to rein that in and had dominant starts, had good starts, had bad starts. But from what we've seen of Kodai Sanga. He has every bit the potential of being an ace in this league. He's been dominant, and the ghost forkball is a big reason why. It was a big talk yeah. before he came over, and we were talking a lot about it. Yeah. And now here we are, uh, June 1st, talking about it even more and how nasty it actually is in Major League Baseball, and I'm wearing a shirt about it. So. I
1: mean, what would you say? You said he has 70 total strikeouts. Yes. More than half of those have been off the forkball, 39 of those <sighs> strikeouts. That's
0: good math, Alex. Are
1: on, yeah. The ghost fork
0: That's good man. Just
1: letting you know, it's it's his secret weapon. Yep, it's insane. Okay, moving on to our final statement. And we're gonna do this a little differently. I'm gonna have you fill in the blank for this statement. Okay. Okay. Ethan, Ethan Salas will be in Major League Baseball at age blank.
0: I'm gonna say Ethan Salas makes his debut at 19 years old. 19 which would be the youngest Padres player to yeah. ever do it. Now, for those that don't know Ethan Salas, he is 16 years old. He actually – I believe he turned 17 today. Okay. I actually think today, really? Thursday, is his 17th birthday, if I'm not mistaken. However, 16, 17, either way, one happy birthday if it is your birthday. If not, well, <laughs> happy birthday whenever it is. Yeah. Uh, This 16-year-old gets called up to single A – and in his first at bat, doubles in the gap, second at bat, rocket to right field, just skipping levels of professional baseball at 16 years old and makes his debut and does really well. We we saw in um, spring training at 16 years old, got a hit in a big league spring training game against George Kirby. I mean, this guy's apparently the real deal. Not apparently. I've the seen future. it with my own eyes. Yeah. Like, and boy. I would say the Padres really need a catcher, but now Gary Sanchez is the best catcher in Padres franchise history, apparently. Back-to-back days with a homer. He's changing the season around. Who saw that coming? But <laughs> Ethan Salas is coming. I'm going to say 19 years old, he makes his debut. Tatis was the youngest Padre at 20. 20, yeah. He made his debut at 20. Um, he signed the largest bonus ever out of an international signing. Uh, out of an international signing. So I'm going to say... 19. Okay, so which, a couple years. Which led me to think, Alex, who's yeah. the youngest Major League Baseball player to ever make their debut? Now, I did some research. And I I did post How far
1: back are we going? That's
0: I didn't go back until okay. like when Bullet Turkey Trot Rogan made his debut at what's, 12 what's and a the half year? years old. What's the year? Um I, I I 1900s. Oh. Um
1: 1944.
0: Joe Nuxhall. 15 years old. Whoa. Made his major league Different debut. Different
1: time. Different time in life. He
0: entered in an 18 nothing game and uh, kind of got hit around a little bit. Mm. Kind of got hit around a little uh-huh. bit. And that was his debut. And then he came back up at 23 years old and had a very successful major league career. Okay. So Modern uh, era? Anyway, long story short. Okay. In the mod- I mean, the, a name that most people would know, um, Bob Feller, 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to say Ethan Salas, 19. 19. He's 17 as of today.
1: All right. That's impressive. Yep. Exciting. Exciting to watch. Well, that wraps it up for making a statement. Now it's time for Ben's BVP Most Valuable Players from both leagues.
0: All combined into one.
1: All combined into one. So let's start with number five, Yandi Diaz.
0: Yandy Diaz is here in the five spot. He was on this list last week as well, but down a couple of notches, not because of really he's playing poorly, but we'll get to that. Batting 310 on the year, 12 homers, 30 RBIs, and uh, has continued to be a big a big part of this Rays lineup that is just so good. They are so good. They're the best team in baseball still. First team to 40 wins in baseball. Yandy Diaz has been a huge part of that. He's here at number five.
1: Number four, Fresh face. This week, Freddie Freeman, who has just been on fire for the Dodgers.
0: Fresh face.
1: Fresh face. I
0: like that. It is. Fresh face Freddie Freeman. <laughs> a lot of FRs. Um, Freddie is now in this list and he might be here all season long. 346, 10 homers, 35 RBIs, and an OPS over a thousand on the season. And Alex, when mm-hmm. we were at the game the other day at Dodger Stadium, we Woo! saw one of those ten homers. We did Oppo, uh, Freddie Rakes, 346. I feel like, I feel like Freddie's having kind of an underrated, like really, really good season. Maybe it's because the power numbers aren't quite up there with like the the elite power hitters of the game right now, but the guy's hitting almost 350, 20 game hits. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say, you can't like, you can't downplay the 20 game hits. Right.
0: Streak. I mean, Freddie Freeman is just a, the the. The staple of consistency in this league, mm-hmm. you know, you look up every year and the guy's just hitting well over doing 300 great. with, you know, you look up at the end of the year, he's got 30 homers and he hit 320 and you're like, wow, yeah, great year. And that's what he's doing again.
1: All right. Speaking of consistency at number three, he has been on fire since he has come back from that little injury. Aaron Judge. I almost you okay? just
0: fell out of my chair. <laughs> Are you OK? I almost fell.
1: <laughs> that would have been comedy. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Um yeah, Aaron Judge. Uh so Judge was off of the list until last week. Yeah. Mainly because the 10 game IL stint and missed a good chunk of time. But since then he's come back and been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh got him on the list last week into the top five. And I said last week I believe he is here to stay for the remainder of the year. And he has now bumped up two spots to number three, 298 on the year, 18 homers, 39 RBIs. Fun fact, through the end of May Mm -hmm. last year when Aaron Judge broke the all-time American League home run record and the New York Yankees record, 18 home runs, he had a 10-day IL stint this year, and he's at 18 home runs. That is impressive. He's on the same pace he was last year. So he has moved up to number three on the list.
1: Number two, Ronald Acuna Jr. You okay over there? Yeah,
0: just making sure my chair is okay. stable because Ronald Acuna is stable here at the two <laughs> spot on this list. Uh, Ronald is I, – I need a 40-40 year out of Ronald. That would be awesome. But he's at 11 home runs right now, 31 RBIs, uh, 325 on the season. He's got 24 stolen bases. Um, that's what this guy does that separates him from the rest of the league is – He's, this, he's the legitimate five-tool player. He can hit for a high average. We saw that week where he hit like five homers over 450 feet. He has elite speed, 24 stolen bases, drives in runs, Play has a rocket for an arm in the mm-hmm. outfield. Um, this is This is a great season and could be the first player in history to go 30-60 in a season, he's on pace for Oof. that, which would be 30 homers and 60 stolen bases. But
1: you said you want to see 40-40.
0: I want to see 40-40 because he'd be Kay. the fifth player in history to get that done, which All is, right. um, well, you know, the rules are changing. So the rules are a- changing. The rules are a- changing, but the 40-40 mark will still forever be like a staple in baseball. That's like a yeah, that's a cool milestone.
1: All and right, and see. at number one, holding strong for a couple weeks now. Yeah, Shohei Ohtani, 13 the home
0: runs, 8.45 OPS, 2.91 ERA, 90 strikeouts. Shohei Ohtani is in the American League Cy Young conversation, right smack dab in that conversation while also hitting 13 home runs on the season. Uh, what can I say that hasn't already been said? Shohei is the greatest player on planet Earth. He showed us that this week, uh he went through a bit of an offensive struggle which led to my um BVG last or a couple days ago saying yep. I believe he's going to hit multiple in the next in the next week and he hit multiple in his next six at bats three homers in his next six at bats after I said that and he's now up to 13 on the year a lot of those homers were absolutely smoked he had won 460 feet if Shohei could play day games every single day of oh, the year insane I think he'd hit 80 homers he would I mean it's of his 13 I think I saw like Seven or eight are day games.
1: Which and makes sense. There's why, like, a lot
0: more night games than day games.
1: Oh, yeah, which is why we used to say like he hits home runs on Sundays because Sundays yeah. are usually day games.
0: Yep, so Shohei is locking down the number one spot still. So top five players, uh, BVP in baseball, all combined into one. Yandi Diaz, Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Shohei Otani, those are your top five players in the league right now.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, before we wrap up, we got a couple extra innings for you. Because you don't always just have one extra inning. Sometimes you 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 have have multiple.
0: Or sometimes I played in. uh, Remember, I talked to. Roddy Tellez about the game we played in the minor leagues against each other and it went 27 innings. Ooh.
1: I think 19 is the longest that I covered with the Angels. And it was like 1.30 in the morning and we yeah. had a day game. It always happens when you have a day game the next day.
0: Oh, well, ours went 27 innings and it took two days because we had to call it <laughs> and then brought it back the next game and then had a doubleheader the next day because of that. Um, 27 innings, yeah. It was 1-1 one one after the first inning and it was 1-1 one to one in the 27th inning. Not a single run scored for 26 like, innings of baseball oh boy yeah,
1: yeah. good work okay,
0: okay extra innings time let's start with our first one <laughs> uh this is really big uh both of these are really really cool for yeah. very different reasons but i'm very excited about both of these major league baseball and mlb players inc new partnership to increase player marketing <laughs> player marketing and baseball
1: it's about time yes
0: now let me explain, because this just came out a few hours ago. Thursday yeah. morning, this was announced. And baseball, um, this was the in the exact agreement. It says, baseball is growing its ranks with young, emerging national and international superstars and future Hall of Famers whose star quality will appeal to brands as they develop future marketing campaigns. This is an exciting new partnership will lead to increased national, vis- vi- national visibility for our outstanding collection of players. We are excited that this new arrangement will foster more opportunities to showcase them on a national and international basis.
1: I have been screaming this for 10 years. Why? How is baseball not marketing these players better? There is so much potential. There is so much personality.
0: Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani and Mike Trout should be be household names across the globe. Yes. Yeah. So how you might ask yeah. are they planning on doing this? So previously it was a nightmare of a process. Basically if a sponsor or or somebody wanted to let's say talk to Mike Trout, yeah. Aaron Judge, what you need to do is talk to the players union and then talk to the and then talk to Major League Baseball because they have the rights. It's basically the the sponsor became you had to you had to negotiate with two separate entities throughout the entire process and it's just a nightmare. So what the um the press release said: "As previously, sponsors would have to negotiate with partners with the league and the union. This time, it'll be more direct arrangement, and it makes it easier for everybody involved." Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. I I I really think this is a big deal. It Obviously, is. It's baseball help grow has the needed game. to market, but like, the game is heading in such a good direction with with the guys in the league, like. Julio and Shohei and Aaron Judge and all of these young stars, Ronald Acuna, Tatis, the young superstars in the league that are exciting to watch on the field. Yeah. And Alex, I, you go to, you drive by a little league field and you see people wearing the armbands or the Tatis glasses or doing, yeah. you know, bat flipping. And being able to do that on a bigger scale, being able to market the game and the players on a bigger scale will ultimately just keep the game going in the direction that that we all want and need it to.
1: Yeah, no, this is big. This is this is kind of like a <sighs> finally. Yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, this next one is cool. Alex, take it away. Aww.
1: This one is just the most heartfelt. I think the entire baseball community when they saw this happen, Liam Hendricks returning to the field after beating cancer, getting a standing O from the crowd. Just, I have to imagine the emotions and the tears from his family, everyone that knew him and loved him, watching him make that run from the bullpen to the mound, knowing everything that he has been through and what he had to overcome to get here to this moment. I mean, we shared the moment that he rung the bell and was able to say that he beat cancer. It's just, what a life moment.
0: I I got goosebumps watching it live and I'm honestly, we're showing the video now, I get goosebumps watching it now because the crowd when he came in Mm -hmm. was just chanting, Liam like Liam Liam and everybody was screaming the angels were on the top step of the dugout applauding him giving him a standing ovation less than five months after being diagnosed with cancer and going through chemo Mm -hmm. he's back on a major league baseball mound that's crazy that is remarkable What a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, What a a great comeback story. What a cool moment for him, his family, the fans, fans of baseball. Pitching in a baseball game becomes secondary. Life, obviously, becomes the first. Mm -hmm. To be able to be back on a baseball field five months, less than five months after, that is incredible. And it was a really cool moment that happened the other night and one that gave me and still gives me goosebumps to this day.
1: Yeah, so congrats to Liam, his family. It's just, we're rooting for you.
0: A good story. And a good way, Alex, to end this Thursday episode. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode. This one has been a blast. Tomorrow, a new one drops. 5 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific, and then you heard a clip from it just a little while ago. Saturday with Smoltz will come out talking all about Alec Manoa um, and some more stories as well. That's going to be a blast. But... Tomorrow. Until then, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it, my friends. Until tomorrow, peace.